live from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy-Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy-Klein. Yeah, well, I got a newsflash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Sheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. (laughs) I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Woo! Hey, Parent Nation! I'm I'm doing my imitation of when I'm on stage in front of millions of people, Kelly. All right. Yeah, that's, that's gonna great. Be, that's gonna be our intro. Yes. And then you're gonna hear like thunderous applause. Yes, like this. Yay! Woo! We love you. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what it's gonna be like. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm just manifesting. Yes. That's what I'm doing. I'm manifesting shit this this month. I've decided. Happy happy November. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're I'm, quite welcome. I am recovering from the earthquake we had here Sunday night. What you talking about? We had three earthquakes here in Arizona. Why? <laughs> What's going on in Arizona? I don't know. It was about an hour and a half away from us. Well, if you're driving. Um, but I didn't feel anything. Some people in my area said they did. But it was a 4.1. Wow. Yeah. What are you people doing there? Are you like fracking? I don't know. You better quit that. I guess. You know what my kids say? What? When they, they started saying this when they were little and I thought it was so brilliant, but they still say it and now they're older. So now I think there must be something to it. They said that they feel like the planet is like a dog and and the human race has become like fleas. And so now every once in a while, the earth just shakes to try to to shake us off. Ooh, I like that. I like it too. It makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. Look at what we're doing to planet earth. Oh, I I don't know what caused it. I think they're still investigating. Yeah, they better put, I'm going (laughs) to find Katrina and I'm going to bring her to justice. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was a bad George Bush joke. It's, it's, It's voting day. I have to say things like that today. Right. Yes. And I am running for borough council. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm not I'm not at the boot, the polling place right now, but I'm going to be there later on today. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to decide if I should wear like a business suit or if I should wear my son's football jersey, you know. Just, just to let people know who I really am. Um, yeah, I'm kind of excited. And I'm, I, it's so funny. I, I, uh, I keep getting people asking me now because we had this, the big trick-or-treat thing, you know, yes. for Halloween. Sure. And, I, and I have so, I keep getting people at, they're like, are you seriously going to run for mayor of your town? Yes. Yes, I am. Good. Good for you. Thanks. Do you know that in Pennsylvania, the the um, the people that actually vote, the percentage of people that actually vote on voting days is like 21 percent. 
That's not very high. That's disgusting is what that mm-hmm. is. Not very high. It's appalling. <laughs> it's and and the thing the reason that it makes it so appalling is the sheer number of asshats that will post political memes on social media and then will not go out and, and make their voice heard. Mm. Right? Right. Right. Like you almost want to say, um, you only get to complain or comment if you cast a vote. If you don't, shut up. Right. Right? Oh yeah. And people are like, oh, well, my vote for this person is just a vote for that person anyway, as if you know enough about the voting process to even make that comment. Where did you read that? National Enquirer. Right. That's such bullshit. A vote for a person is a vote for a person. You know? Oh, but somebody's just going to cancel my vote out. So? If you didn't vote at all, then that would be twice as many votes for that other person. <laughs> so let's don't try to do higher math <laughs> if you can't even vote. You know what I mean? Right. For shit's sake. I, we, up at our own polling booth, my husband went up because he is on council now. He's actively oh. on our council. And okay. I don't think people realize these municipal elections, these little municipal elections, are probably more important than presidential elections. And here's why. Your municipality, the people who are on your borough councils and your town councils and all of that stuff, they actually make decisions that are enacted in your town that affect you. Dun, dun, dun. Right? They are the people who decide what your local, your local real estate and school taxes are. They're the people who decide whether or not your roads are going to get fixed. They're the people who decide whether or not your water is going to be, uh, your, your um, water systems are going to be upgraded. They're the people who decide on your trash collection and bills. You, they're the people who make those decisions. They decide whether or not you have a police department. They decide, you know what I mean? Those are all important things. They decide how your local taxes are spent every single day. The president just makes you unhappy because you allow it. But these people actually affect your financial livelihood and you don't know them or vote for them. That's stupid. And I just had to say that. (laughs) Gosh darn it. And that's why you should vote for Tara Kennedy Klein for mayor of Shoemakersville in 2017. That's going to be so awesome. Mm-hmm. But in the you meantime, get, I, I want to get on council. Yeah. Do you get a gavel? I don't think I do. But I can, mm. I can pr- probably bring my own. Right. There you go. <laughs> Here's the truth. The president of council has more authority than the mayor. Ooh. Right? Huh. Did you know that? I, no. Seriously. <laughs> the thing is you don't know. <laughs> right? But you should. You should. <laughs> but you should. So, yeah. It was, um, yeah, I think that uh, we need more of a face. We need to have more of a, uh, a, a leadership face in our communities, I think. A lot of towns, people don't know who who's on their council, who their council members are, who their leaders are, who their mayors are. People don't know that stuff in mm-hmm. a lot of places. And you should. You really should. Because if you see them at the grocery store, then you can bitch to them. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen. You know. 
But so what, any- what will you do so people will know your face? I'm gonna I'm gonna put my face on every fire hydrant in the borough. <laughs> so the dogs can pee on them. <laughs> I'm gonna make every fire hydrant look like a little Tara. <laughs> Give it a martini. Because of arms sticking out of it. Yeah, that'd be funny, right? Yes. Uh, I think more importantly, I'm actually going to participate in civic events. Ah. You know? As we, we should. As we should as leaders of the community. You know, we have a lot of things going on for our kids in our town because we actually believe in raising the next generation right where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? And uh, so we have a lot of family-oriented events and things that we do in our town. And um, and I would participate in them. I do now. Right. But, but our current mayor does not. And that's no. sad. That's sad. Um, you know, so I would, I would be out there. I would be out and about in the community. I think I'd like to have a cane and a top hat. <laughs> Maybe of course. a monocle. Maybe a monocle. I'm not sure of yet. Of course. Right? But, uh, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I want to that I want to do. I want to make, I want to make civic leadership respectable and fun and, um, uh, and, uh, relatable again. Excellent. I think we bitch too much. Yeah. I know I do, <laughs> <laughs> but stop giving me so much fuel. <laughs> People give me so much fuel. It's amazing. Yeah. I could tell you so many stories. There's so much stuff that's gone on on Facebook that's gotten me all riled up recently, but mm. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk okay. about it because, well, I'm going to talk about it because yeah. I, I'm tired of the bleeding hearts that call me an asshole for making, for, for holding kids accountable, mm-hmm. even if it's not comfortable. And yet they are the ones that are making the problems worse. When that whole thing went down with that girl, that, that teenager in South Carolina, yes, you know, that cop got fired and a whole big uproar when that whole thing went down and the, 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 the universe of Facebook blew up and, and so many people were on the side of the girl and, you know, you don't know what's going on in her head and her heart. And, you know, you don't know what's driving her to, to buck authority. And, you know, well, she was using words like buck, but anyway, (laughs) you you don't know uh, this. Some guy actually called me a vile human being for supporting violence against teenagers at no single time. did I support violence against teenagers at no time. Right. However, I do remember saying in one of those posts, give it three days with this attitude and you are going to see rashes of teenagers rising up and fighting with teachers, authority figures, principals, police officers. You'll see it. Mark my words. And damn it, didn't it happen? Mm -hmm. We saw principals getting body slammed in the cafeteria trying to break up a food fight. Back here in good old Berks County, Pennsylvania, way to keep it classy once again, Berks County, another fight at the Citadel. And, you know, they were, you know, police officers had to pepper spray the kids to get them off of each other. Jeez. This coming several weeks after the 400-person fight in the city park. Mm-hmm. You know, in Allentown, that girl, that, that honor student that 
physically assaulted a police officer, was removed, and then came back at her and started beating the shit out of her while groups of teenagers stood around and cheered for her. Ooh. Right? And this is just in my hometown. That's not talking about things that happened in Florida and Chicago and and everywhere else. Because it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm. And the fact of the matter is, I'm not talking about being violent against teenagers. I'm talking about putting your foot down. I'm talking about structure. I'm talking about not tolerating it anymore. And if that takes a shock to the system to start that whole dialogue, then that's what it takes. It's time to put kids in their place. I'm tired of this she-she-foo-foo, let kids roam and do what they will do, and blah, 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 blah. Stop it. They're children. They can't self-regulate. Clearly. They can't self-regulate. And then today there was the video that I put up about the teacher. Yes. Right? That's how it should be done. Yes. That's, a, that's absolutely how it should be done. And did it start off, she, she, foo, foo, boys, let's sing kumbaya and hold hands? No, it started out with, you boys are pissing me off. <laughs> and that's how he got their attention. Do you see how that works? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, all these people saying, don't yell at your kids. You know what? Sometimes you have to yell. Sometimes you have to raise your voice. Suck it up. Be a parent. Do what's right. Damn it. Tired of it. So, hey. Hey. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> but I am, I, I, I do want to, uh, I do want to go back to Facebook and address all the people who said, I don't know what I'm talking about. Not because I have to prove something, but because clearly we need to stop saying that to people who know what they're talking about. <laughs> right. Right. You know, oh, my goodness. Anybody who says kids don't need boundaries or to be told what to do has no business calling themselves a parenting expert. What do you think about that? I like that. Thank you. I think that, I mean, they do need boundaries and they crave the boundaries. It's one of it's one of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and we you know, we talk about that all the time in adult relationships and and survival. Guess what? Kids have the same thing. They need safety and security. You know? They need to be respected as well as to be, be asked to respect others. Oh, right. Yeah. Damn it. Tired of it. Silliness. Don't, no, don't put them in jail. I didn't say that. You know, oh, this jail to, you know, school to jail pipeline. I get it. That's terrible. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about putting two two teachers in each classroom, one of them who's an enforcer and the other one who's an educator. And how sad is that state of affairs mm-hmm. when that's necessary? But that's what I'm talking about. Cops aren't counselors. That's not their job. Teachers aren't cops. That's not their job. So you need one of each, and maybe they can balance each other out. Damn it. I want to know what our listeners have to say about these these little opinion parts of the show. Mm-hmm. How did how can they do that, Kelly? They can call in. They can Let call us know in. what their thoughts are. They can do that. They can also, um, if you really want to let us know what your thoughts are about the show, 
um, and you want to be anonymous about it because you're a wussy. No, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> can, you can go on TogiNet. You can click on the button and you can fill out an anonymous survey about our show. And we want people to do that. Yes. And if you want to call in and yell at me, you can. You can call me at 903-787-5887. And later on, you can call in and talk to our dads because it's Dad Day. Dad Day. I love Dad Day. It's the best. It's the best day ever. You You know what more of those kids need? Good dads. Dads. Yes. Good dads. Yeah, they need good dads. Dads who are the shepherd, not just the rod. <laughs> right? You know? Right, right. Right? But, and we got two of them on the show today. Yes. We have um, Pete Wilgoran, and he's, he's so fun. I love talking to him. Um, he is part of the, the Good Men Project, and he writes for Scary Mommy which everybody's going, oh, I love Scary Mommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to have Pete on, and he's going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then and then I'm excited about that. And then we're going to have Wit Honey on. And I'm telling you, I read the book, Parenting mm-hmm. Phrases. Yes. Parenting. I love it because it's phrases. Right. It's not chapters and chapters and chapters of advice that you have to, like, fill out worksheets and shit. It's phrases that you can use. And it's funny and informative, which, you know, is right up my alley. So two funny, really smart, awesome dads are going to be on the show today. And I'm really excited about that. And, uh, so anyway, Kelly, you know what? I'm totally thrown off by daylight savings time. So I know (laughs) here, here in Arizona, we don't sweat. We don't, uh, you know, we don't even do that. So I have to regulate between, Eastern time, Pacific time. So it I'm actually, it's actually, no, it's actually nine o'clock instead of eight o'clock for me. So oh, I just, yeah. So I just set my, my uh, scale back 10 pounds. I love that. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Diets are great. I always start my diet when I start daylight savings. <laughs> I don't know why it doesn't even make any sense. I, cause it's always around Halloween. So I'm just eating all the kids candy anyway, which is stupid. I know. Uh, it's well, that doesn't help. No. Well, at least we didn't get pop brownies like they did in New Jersey. No. All right. <laughs> well, we got to go to break. We got to okay. go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Pete Wilgerin. Village to pay the bills in this freaking studio, which is why Tara's taking a cocktail break and we're taking care of business with a word from these sponsors. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Need a doctor but don't have time? Don't want to take your sick child out of the house? Doc on Call gives you access to U.S. board-certified doctors by phone or video conference. 
Avoid illness in waiting rooms. Don't take time off work. Call from the comfort of your own home. Get prescriptions when appropriate. No health restrictions. And the best part? No consultation fee. Don't put off going to the doctor. For only $18 per month, get 24-7 access to doctors for you and your family. Go to DocOnCall247.com slash ParentNation to sign up today. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have our first guest on for Dad Day. Because, you know, Dad Day. Because we love to celebrate our dads. And I think we need to do more of it. So, anyway, our first guest is Pete Wilgerin. And he is, he has a blog. Hey, Pete. (laughs) I was, I was, I was going to give you, I was going to give you awesome props. Go ahead, go ahead. Cool. Okay. So, so Pete has a really cool blog called Dad Missions, and he's a TV journalist, and he's won Emmy Awards, which his kids put their swim goggles on and use <laughs> um, as as Barbies and My Little Pony. And he's um, he's the the only man in a house of a wife and two girls, so he's got a lot to share with us. So we're gonna we're gonna talk to you now, Pete. How's it Good going? Good morning. <laughs> Hey, Pete. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) So, so tell us a little bit about dad missions, dad missions, dad missions. You got to write dad missions. You know, (laughs) basically, I was just looking for kind of an outlet to talk about what it's like being outnumbered with a wife and two girls, even our even our dog is a girl, and. so Dad Missions kind of came about, and originally when I started a few years ago, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to write a book. I'm just going to write a book. And and then I found out that everyone is just trying to write a book. So now it's morphed into blogging and all sorts of other stuff. But it's been just a great way to meet parents around the country, lots of moms, lots of dads, uh, you know, from every walk of life, which has been very cool. That's pretty awesome. Do you do a lot of speaking? I, you know, I do mostly writing, but I'm not opposed to speaking. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so you and I are kind of kindred spirits on the opposite ends of things, because I'm the only thing with a vagina in my entire house. <laughs> my my kid yeah. just found out that his sna- his two snakes are female, and it was like a party. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's awesome. But then he had to go out and buy a male snake to kind of, like, balance it out. I was like, that's that's not cool because I'm still outnumbered now. But anyway, so I totally get it. And it gives you a completely different perspective on um, raising kids when you're raising the opposite sex like that, doesn't it? It, well, you know what? It absolutely does, and and I don't really know what it's like to have uh, my, my my girls are not into you know football and not into video games. They're into they're into other stuff. They're into arts. They're into music, whatever it is. Uh, but it's really given me a way to see the world differently through their eyes. You know, when I've got a seven year old, I've got a ten year old, and when they sit there and ask me 
Daddy, how come how come the Dodgers don't have any girls on the team? And you have to start mm-hmm. walking through some of those things and, and working on it with them and you know, that that gets me to see the world differently and gets me to see that maybe they can maybe they want to change the world and they can do that. That's pretty amazing. That's that's a pretty awesome question. And I would love to know like just a snippet of what you would have how you would address that. Like why aren't there any girls in professional baseball? Well, you know, I think each situation is a little bit different because these questions with them come up pretty frequently. And and for me, it's always been a matter of, well, this is how Major League Baseball was set up, where only boys play, you know, in this league. But someday there could be a different league, and you could be on that league, or maybe you could be on a league with girls and boys. And in, in our family, at least, we try and accentuate the things that they can do. Los Angeles has a professional women's basketball team, the Sparks, in the WNBA. They play at the Staples Center. So mm-hmm. we make it a point to take them to see Sparks games. Okay, here's, you know, you're going to an arena, you're buying a ticket, you're sitting down, and we're watching professional women's basketball. And there are there are places like that, and there, there are definitely changes that need to be made. But, uh, you know, let's accentuate what there is and, and see what we can build on. I love that. I You know, nothing kills me more than... Um, than insulting women by creating sports leagues for them that are so sexist that it makes you want to vomit. Like, I can't stand the lingerie league of football. Like, yeah, those I mean, women that... those women are, are beasts. I mean, they are, they are strong and, and powerful, and they're wearing lingerie and shoulder pads. I, seriously? Like, put them in a full-ass uniform, and I bet you they could take on some men. Well, it's true. And you know what? There's, we're raising a whole generation of kids, and there's a lot of girls out there that uh, want to be scientists, that want to be the president, and, and why not? Mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm more into the sports thing. Because I think we got the science and presidential thing wrapped up. I, I think we're good to go. I, I believe that we are at a state right now where if a woman wanted to run for president and she doesn't, that's on her because she has every possibility of winning that a man does. More so, actually, I'm gonna, not going to go political. But, but <laughs> right now, if, if a brilliant woman with integrity and morals wanted to run for president, I believe she could win. Well, look, think, think how long that takes to get to that point. And so then we have these kids that if they can kick down the door when it comes to sports or other fields, that's even better. It takes a long time, but they can do it if they really want to put their minds to it. And that's, you know, for me, I think that's kind of what resonates between parents. If you have boys or girls or or all of one and all of the others, making sure the kids know that if they really put their mind to it, they can do it. But it takes hard work and it takes determination and, you know, all those things that go along with it. I have... Um, my boys, one of my boys is very into sports, very, very active, very, you know, he, he plays at the, at a high level and he's a wrestler, 220 pound wrestler, right? There's a girl and on a local team, a local wrestling team that is so good. She's actually the daughter of a dear friend of mine, right? Really, really good wrestler. And yet when she would get out on the mat the guys didn't look at her talent or ability. They didn't look at her as a competitor. They looked at her like, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to get her in a cradle because I can't touch that part. 
you know, I'm not going to be able to. And it was like they looked at all of the things that they wouldn't be allowed to do when wrestling her. And it stifled their ability to do their job as an athlete. So did she then go and, and smoke them in the competitions? I hope so. Um, not really, because she was she was smaller and, you know, they're. I, I don't know. I, I just think that she wasn't quite as strong as some of the guys that she was up against in the same weight class. But it, it bothered me that they would come off the mat and be like, that was so unfair. I could have pinned her in three seconds if I could have done this or this or that, but I couldn't put my hand there. And I think that's what I think that's more of an issue of girls and boys playing sports together than the girl's ability to play the sport. Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of sports where you don't have to do that. And there's no reason why why in most sports you can't have boys and girls on the same team. But if It should be the best kids on the field, right? Professional sports should be the best people on the field no matter what, no matter where they're from, no matter what sex they are, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. I think that baseball is a perfect place to start. Baseball and soccer are a perfect Soccer's place to start. Soccer's a good one, yeah. Yeah. And, well, just, basketball, just too. Just, just don't give out the participation trophies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can they get a medal? How about a T-shirt? <laughs> you did great. Nice try. Here's a trophy. <laughs> you know, we give out T-shirts in running races. We give out T-shirts and ribbons, you know, and everybody's, uh, like, all about the T-shirt. I I don't see why we can't just go back to T-shirts. I think Yay, I'm, I'm okay with the T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should do that. So you you have some funny ways of talking about parenting like some funny analogies and, and ways that you talk about it. And one of the things that you talk about is the price is right of parenting. And that's how, when you talk about allowance, tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So, you know, I, I just like to be funny, you know, and sometimes it works and sometimes it's worth a try. And sometimes it's not serious. So people, people hear stuff and say, Oh my God, it's serious, but you know, just why not try it out? Parenting is kind of trial and error. So, Price is Right, one of my favorite games on the Price is Right. You know the one where they have, like, the seven numbers lined up and, and you know, Bob Barker, Drew Cherry gives you seven bucks, and if you have a dollar left at the end, you get to get the car? Yeah, I love that game. Yeah, and, and if they have a dollar left, they go crazy. So, I mean, kids, kids always want allowance, and they're trying to work for allowance, and finally at the end of the week, you give them a few dollars allowance, they go and get something. What if you start the week and give them the allowance? Okay, day one, it's Monday. Here's your allowance, whatever the allowance is. I don't know what it is, seven bucks, five bucks. And then instead of, instead of giving them money at the end of the week, you take away money as they, as they do things wrong during the week with the idea that you see how much money they have left at the end of the week to actually buy something. It's kind of an incentive to, to do well and behave well and to do nice things. Give it to them ahead of time, and it's theirs to lose. I like it. I like I it. Is it there, works, is there, like, <laughs> right? I don't know if it's going to work. It's probably going to damage them for life, but I like it. No, it's kind of, <laughs> no, like, I like it. I think it could use a little bit of sparkle, like maybe, um, th- so you lose a dollar because you told your mom that you weren't doing your homework and you slammed the bedroom door. But then you can kind of earn 50 cents back if you help your sister with her homework. There you go. I mean, look, we go through these things throughout the week, all of us, right? And there's usually, 
there's there's threats, and a lot of times there's threats that you can't follow through with. Like, are you gonna, one more thing, you're not going to that party Saturday, and we all know that you're you're never going to take away that party Saturday. So maybe something <laughs> like this is just a little different and interesting. I and, like and it. Kids my age, I don't know about you guys, my age with kids seven and ten, they always have something they're looking to buy. They've always they they have something on layaway all the time in their head. <laughs> oh yeah. I think that's brilliant. You know, honestly, we, <laughs> I, I know that we, I actually make my kids do hard labor for the things that they want. <laughs> so they it's can, you know, right? It's, it, it is a lot like boot camp, you know, and you get your, your little bit of stipend, you know, to go out on the weekends when you have 48 hours to on, all to yourself. But they, they like, literally, they wanted to get a, um, a PS4. And all of them, because we have another 16-year-old living with us now, too, so we have three teenage boys in the house, and all of them collectively decided how much work they could do so that together they had enough money to buy a PS4. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. They that, cleaned that up eats, right? It was pretty awesome. They mowed the lawn. It was, it was brilliant. And I'm like, you know, you guys could clean the garage, too. Just saying. I definitely feel like kids have lost a little bit of that nowadays because when I was a kid and I grew up in New England, my friends and I would be shoveling driveways, we would be mowing lawns, anything we could do for extra cash we did. And, you know, by the time I was 13 or 14, I was babysitting too on the weekends. See? How awesome is that? And that's what we, you know what? You're absolutely right. That's one of the things that we need to get back. I was just talking about it in the kitchen the other day. It's like when we were kids, by the time you were 14, you were working. Like, you had a job. And my kids Yeah, like, it's true. Right? People it goes be back to what you were talking about with, uh, before with responsibility. You know, when kids need structure, even, even teenagers need some structure, and they need to learn, especially nowadays, they need to learn about money and the value of money and, you know, we took our it took us forever to kind of get through the process with our kids that money just doesn't appear on your debit card at the bank that you know money is something you work for and you and you work and you get a paycheck and then you have to pay your bills and you have to pay your groceries and then if you have enough after that you can save up for you know toys and stuff for the holidays it takes a long time to have them work through that and to figure it out absolutely and my kid was like, oh, you know, well, I can't get a job. I'm 14, but I couldn't have, no one could hire me now. And Chris is like, uh, you could mow lawns. You could shovel snow. <laughs> yeah. You could rake leaves, I, you know. My, my first job was working as a deli, and I had to bust the tables. And I, I, don't, I don't even think I was 14, and they paid cash, and I'm sure it was illegal. But, and so I made four bucks an hour, and then I was thrilled. You know, I asked the guy after I'd been there, I don't know, a year, I, I'd like a raise. I didn't, I'm doing a good job. I'd like a raise. And the next time I got paid, he had added a, a shiny quarter to each hour. It made four twenty-five. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> the hell, that's more than I made as a waitress when I was twenty. <laughs> I was making two seventy-five plus tips. But yep. you know, if kids had that level of responsibility, they wouldn't have time to get in the trouble that they get into. You know, yeah, when true. someone's when someone's telling you, um, thank you for mowing my lawn, but I'm not paying you until you finish the mohawks that you've left in the yard. You know, <laughs> now, right. That's making them accountable. And 
and they're taking direction from another person outside of mom and dad. There's so much that goes into making our kids work. We really need to fo I think we need to focus more on that than 4,000 sports and 2,000 extracurricular activities every year. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, my that's point. Yeah, that's what I'm going with it. And, you know, I, yeah, I think that we need to uh, stop being so afraid to let kids do stuff for us. Because everybody's like, oh, no, I don't want to say anything because then his mom will get all mad at me. Shut up. we got to <laughs> stop doing that, too. we got to start correcting other people's kids in public. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's a huge <laughs> problem with that nowadays. It, it, we had a thing the other day, if I can tell you a quick story, where I volunteered at my kid's classroom, second grade, for their Halloween party. And I was the bingo guy. I was bingo dad in the corner. And all these kids rotated through in you know, six groups, and we played bingo. This one kid, so, so obnoxious. You know, you, as a parent volunteer, you put on your happy face. This one kid, I always win at bingo. No one beats me at bingo. I'm going to win bingo. And, like, just shouting down the other kids in the little little group. I always win. And then, of course, they get the lucky little bingo card, and they're filling it up really quick. I win at bingo. I'm going to win at bingo. And then, I, you know, I saw they were down to, like, the last one, and I saw the clue I had, and it was going to be their card. And I just couldn't do it for this obnoxious little kid. And I hit their bingo card at the bottom of the pile and went on to the next one. That's brilliant. <laughs> I love you. You're my new hero. See, that's what we have to do. But you know what? Fa <laughs> Make them face so their post, disappointment. I, I posted this online, and then I started getting grief. Half the people were like, you're my hero, and half the people were saying, well, what if bingo's their one true talent, you know? And it's like, come on, really? No, 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 that's not it. You know what? They're just feeling guilty because they made somebody else's kid lose at bingo, and they're feeling guilty about it. Oh, my gosh, Pete, it was so fun talking with you. I can't believe we have to go. But I want people to check out your blog, Dad Missions, and the Huffington Post. And uh, we're going to put some stuff up on Facebook about you so people know where to reach you. So thank you so much for joining us today. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Whit Honey about his book, Parenting Phrases. Proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Have you ever been told that sometimes you talk in your sleep? Almost all of us have. The first thing I wonder is, did I say anything embarrassing? Relax. Studies have found that most sleep talking, also known as somniloquy, usually consists of brief, nonsensical utterances, lasting just one or two seconds. However, some rare examples of sleep speeches, hundreds of words long, have been recorded. 
Apparently, most cases of somniloquy are found in children, and the frequency decreases with age. The good news is that sleep talking is inadmissible in court. One thing for sure, sleep talking will get your spouse's attention, and it might just give them matutalipia. That's the feeling of getting up on the wrong side of the bed. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation, welcome back to the show. I am so excited for our next guest, Whit Honey, because he is, I got his book a while ago, and I went through it. I, I'm still reading it. I, I still, I pick it up all the time. And the thing that I love about it is that it's literally phrases. I mean, the book is called The Parent's Phrase Book, um, which should have given me a hint as to what I would be reading. But you know me. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. I, but the thing I love about it is it's examples of situations that parents face with their kids. And then the phrases, the, the terms and phrases and statements that you can use to get through it. And it's funny. It is so funny because it's true. Isn't that such a cliche? And um, he lives in his, uh, in Los Angeles with his wife, and he has two boys and a ton of pets. And he's a freelance writer and blogger working with Babbel at Disney and Geek Dad and Fandango Family and HuffPost and all the other amazing things that that people that are great at blogging do. And uh, so I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, Wit. How are you? I am well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. That Your book is awesome. Thank you. It also doubles as a great paperweight. so keep that in mind for all those holiday eats that's so true but here's the thing it's actually in my bathroom (laughs) it was designed just for that right because that's where i hide when i don't know what to say to my kids that is that is the uh parenting uh fort isn't it it's the equivalent (laughs) exactly i have a wine rack in my bathroom (laughs) That is smart. They're very smart. Thank you. I try to give useful information to parents all over the world as possible. So you you wrote this book. Why? I wrote the book because, A, I thought that there was a place for it out there to be helpful to parents, and, B, someone asked me to. But uh, <laughs> I... What I really, it is a book on communication, as you pointed out, and it does have a lot of phrases in it and various situations, which I think will be helpful to people. By no means would I ever expect anyone to look at it and to say, uh, you know, Wit says do this and then do it. What I hope people do is read it and evaluate their own situation and think about it and see how it applies, if at all, and kind of use it just as a starting point. But more than anything, what I hope people take from the book and what they're able to implement is just having real conversations with our kids and developing, uh, you know, empathy and, and uh, a child's sense of self, self-worth and a sense of humor, as you pointed out. I, I try to throw some jokes in there now and again. I think the whole thing is very witty. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm quick like that. 
That I Are was you just thinking. Are in the bathroom right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's voting day, so I'm all nervous. <laughs> I loved. <laughs> I loved the part where. Um, where you talk about how I, it's the chapter is called, I did it, I do, I learned it by watching you, okay? Which is something that we all, like as parents, we laugh about because that was a, a TV commercial from our day when talking about why kids do drugs, right? And, um, but the thing I love about it is so often we forget that our kids are just doing exactly what we do first. You know exactly. what I mean? Right. Well, the whole uh, the old cliche about do as I say, not as I do, um, that's based on the fact that people are watching you. And, you know, you can say whatever, but if you don't back it up, uh, kids are smart. They get it. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And it's so funny because so many of the parents that I work with, like they'll they'll bitch about their kids being on cell phones all the time and they'll have to, like, look up from their iPhone six to say it, you know, and Right. And that's that just kills me. And it was funny because we were talking earlier with Pete about how um, in the community where we live, kids are expected to work. And but the thing that's funny is we don't just say get out there and work. You'll see parents out there delivering newspapers. You'll see parents out there raking each other's leaves or shoveling each other's sidewalks, and they kind of bring the kids along. And I think that that's something that we are missing so sorely when we look at kids in crisis or, you know, kids that are making poor choices. And we want to so quickly go back to the parents and say, you know, you parented wrong. I think the, the more accurate thing to say is you're modeling wrong. That's uh, that's very true, and I think one of the things that you alluded to there was the uh, the work ethic, and that's something. When I grew up, I grew up in a very rural farming community in Arizona, and that was just part of the culture. Where we live now, that isn't that isn't how it is. Where where my boys are being raised, it's uh, they have it pretty easy, and something that we try to do since we don't have a lot of opportunities. Uh, is what my dad would call them, I guess, character-building opportunities that I had as a child. Uh, we try to get our kids involved in social good. So we may not have something that is immediately uh, available to them in terms of chores and, and modeling behavior like that, but we'll spend our Saturday or Sunday going out into the community and picking up trash or if there's a, uh, an, an organized event. Mm -hmm. We'll participate in that and try to get them involved in, in something bigger than themselves. I love that. I think that's so great. And that's if only more of us would do more of that. You know what I mean? It would not only would we be making a difference in the community, but we would be raising future leaders as well instead of, you know, what we got going on right now, which is kind of scary in a lot of places. You, you know, I'll, I'll, if I can interject just for a moment on just to stick up for kids for a moment, only because I'm not that you're saying, but uh, that's, that's a common uh, conception that people have, right? That the future is going to hell in a handbasket. And I'll tell you, I have a middle schooler and I do a lot of volunteer work at the school and do things with him and his club that he started and various. And uh, I am not worried about the future at all. Those kids, these middle school kids are so much better than I was at that age. I was doing all kinds of sneaky stuff that hadn't. <laughs> and these kids are just great. Like every time I go in there, 
I used to be intimidated by the idea of working with middle school kids. And I go in there now and it's just refreshing and it makes me feel good knowing that there, there's actually a chance that uh, when I'm old and need them to take care of me, it might happen. I agree with you. And, you know, I, I'm not a kid basher by any stretch of the imagination. For I think that's illegal to bash kids. So. Yeah. So in public. <laughs> Only in public. You know, if right. you do it in private, then it's cool. Then it's good. But, I, and I agree with you. I mean, I, in the community that I live Kids are constantly doing good. The social, the social help organization at our high school has the largest attendance of any club in the school. So you know, it is. And I, like you, don't fear for our future because of these kids. I fear for the future of the kids who aren't getting it. Right. who aren't getting the support, who aren't getting the, the mentoring, who aren't getting the, the love and guidance that they deserve. Those are the kids that I fear for. And I feel that we could do a lot better job supporting those parents to do better than we're doing. I think the kids are doing, on the mo- for the most part, the kids are doing great. I think we as parents have become better judges than we are counselors. Right, because judging's easy, right? Sure it is. <laughs> sure it is. And oh, so fun to do on social media. So oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, 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 that's more uh, clickable. You get more likes and uh, more engagement by throwing a little, uh, a little judgment, a little shade out there on the Internet. Absolutely. And it doesn't even have to be blatant. It can just be ambiguous and people will read into it, whatever they're feeling, and then judge you for saying it. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, very much so. That's yes. Yes. Isn't that true? So you started, you started a, a group, Dads for Change which yes. is actually a site committed to doing good through, through families. And so tell us about that. It is a site that I started with my friend Carter Gaddis. And what we saw, we, we have both been in this online parenting community for a long time. And we have both managed to uh, make our living more or less from this community uh, in terms of writing and, and different things. And we, what we noticed was that, A, a lot of people are doing some really amazing things, and there isn't, it's not being seen. It's not being put out there for people to know about it. And not that we're, we're trying to give them a, a pat on the back, which they deserve, and that is nice, and that's part of it, I suppose. But we want to share the story to let other people know that you can do these things and, that they're, and to use the Internet for good, basically. I, I've been doing this for 10 years and when I walk away from the Internet, uh, you know, whenever it closes, uh, <laughs> I don't want my <laughs> legacy to be uh, listicles and, uh, you know, slideshows and the kind of stuff that I've had to do to make a living. I want to be able to look at it and say I was given a platform and I did something with it. And, and Dads for Change kind of came out of that. And, and the other thing is we're talking about kids in the neighborhood and doing things. Uh, we've had a, a lot of trouble uh, trying to get the kids involved in stuff, not because the kids don't want to do it, but because organizations are reluctant to work with kids yep. for maybe insurance reasons or whatever it might be. But it, it's harder than you would think to get kids involved because of the system, not because of the kids. And so we wanted to make an area to bring families together, specifically uh, parents, so that they could get their kids involved and in doing good. That's amazing. How's it been going? It's going well. Uh, 
I will say that it is very much a labor of love at this point for Carter and myself. So it kind of gets uh, set to the side more often than it should, which is unfortunate because it's probably the best thing that we're both doing, but uh, it doesn't pay the bills, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's not a lot of money to be, to be had in social good, as any, anyone can tell you. So um, You mean I'm not going to be a millionaire from doing this podcast? Come on. I, I ne never say never. Never say never. Let's, <laughs> let's see how the ratings are after this wonderful episode of... <laughs> Right? Me rambling. <laughs> I, I expect you to bring in billions. Yes, ones and ones of. Uh, <laughs> cool. But so, so that's, it's it's going well. We're working with uh, companies and organizations that are have a, a similar mindset. We do a lot of work with St. Jude, and uh, you know, Movember just kicked off, so we're doing uh, some Movember work, mostly growing mustaches. Uh, but see, I it's, can't see that. It's, it's fun. <laughs> but you can still be involved because this year, in addition to growing mustaches, there is a separate, or you can do both if you're so inclined, but there is a, uh, a move, Movember, I believe they're pronouncing it. I may not be just saying that right, but encouraging people to take a physical challenge for 30 days. So rather than grow a mustache during the month of November or Movember, you can take, you can participate in this physical challenge because Hold up a November 1st, yes. Did you just suggest that guys get to grow mustaches and women have to work out? <laughs> Man, I'm actually doing that. I'm doing the workout version, too. Uh, uh, yeah, that is the first yeah. isn't it? Uh, but by no means, I'm sure that if, if a woman wants to grow a mustache, she is more than welcome to do so. I'm just going to let my hair grow on my legs like I do every there you November. Go. <laughs> <laughs> It'll yes. work. Solidarity. There it is. Absolutely. I love that. I, I think it's amazing that when people can take something that's common um, or that's not common, but kind of like a uh, group think and do really good work with it. I, right. I think that's awesome. I love that you're doing that. And you're part of, of it, it. Yeah. Right. And you know what else is a lot of fun? We found that when we let kids take the lead on stuff, like you were saying about your project, that's, that's, working with kids and families, when you let kids take the lead, they're brilliant at oh, what yeah. they come up with. Very much so. Um, my son, a little bit of a tangent here. I alluded to the fact that he has a club that he started at his school. And I, am, I have two boys, and uh, they are both of the same mindset in terms of uh, their love for animals. But my middle schooler found himself in a position that he was able to start a club that it existed at the high school level. And we were kind of participating in their bigger community projects they had. And he realized that the middle school didn't have this club, and it was something that really spoke to him. And he's a very shy kid. And, he's, and goofy is all get out, but he's, he's shy when you put him on, in the spotlight. Hmm. And he, he saw this need, and he overcame his own fears and his own reservations to make sure that this club actually came into existence. And so now he runs this club at the middle school because he saw something that was bigger than, than his own... Uh, you know, fears. And it's wow. wonderful that, uh, so he's just kind of running with that. And I, at first I felt that I really needed to be involved to make sure that he was okay, but he didn't, he didn't need me. I'm sure he appreciated it, sure. but, uh, he was focused and he's, he's doing it. And I'm just kind of standing on the sidelines clapping. That's amazing. See, when we help them find their unique brilliance or let them find their unique brilliance, they shine. Ah, oh, I love stuff like that. See, you're doing a good job and you trying. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> we, I wish we had more time to talk, but I, cause I want to talk about the dad 2.0 summit. Just tell us yes. quickly, when is that going on? That is in February in Washington, DC. And it is a wonderful conference. We're in our fifth year and it's, uh, it's not open to just dads. There are, uh, non-dads, including uh, plenty of women that, that come to it as well. And it's just a, a great place for people that are involved in the online parenting world and mentoring to work with each other, to meet brands that are interested in working with people with that, uh, with that voice. It's, it's a great, great uh, conference. That sounds really exciting. We're going to put information about that up on the website Please as do. well on the parent, on the parent nation show. So I'm, so thankful that you came on. I so hope that everybody goes and checks you out. Can, where can people find you? Where can Parent Nation find you? Dadsforchange.com is the site that we were discussing. But uh, the best place to find me is either on Facebook or on Twitter, uh, both Whithoney, W-H-I-T-H-O-N-E-A. And uh, that's pretty much it. I'm pretty much everywhere. It'd be, it's easier just to say that, I suppose. Just throw a rock in the air and you'll hit me. <laughs> See, that's what, not that I would do that on purpose, but that's awesome. And we'll put your information up on the on the show site too. So thank you so much, Wit, for being here and and adding so much information and fun to the show. And Parent Nation, <laughs> check us out on Facebook as well as my website, TaraKennedyKlein.com. And until next week, everybody, keep playing. Barometer of is this going to shut them up? Connect with Tara online at tarakennedykline.com. Until next time, remember this. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling?